0: section three of the glories of ireland this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the glories of ireland edited by joseph dunn and pj lennox irish monks in europe by reverend columba edmonds osb St Patrick's work in Ireland was chiefly concerned with preaching the faith and establishing monasteries which served as centres of education. The great success that attended these efforts earned for Ireland the double title of Island of Saints and a second Tebade. The monastic institutions organized by St Patrick were characterized from their commencement by an apostolic zeal that knew no bounds. Sufficient scope was not to be found at home, so it was impatient to diffuse itself abroad. Scotland. Hence, in the year 563, St. Colonseal, a Donegal native of royal descent, accompanied by twelve companions, crossed the sea in carracks of wickerwork and hides, and sought to land in Caledonia they reached the desolate isle of Iona on the day preceding Sunday. Many years before, colonies of Irishmen had settled along the western parts of the present Scotland. The settlement north of the Clyde received the name of the kingdom of Dalriada. These Dalriadan Irish were Christian, at least in name, but their neighbours in the Pictish highlands were still pagans. Columseils Apostolate was to be among both these people. Adamnan says that Columseal came to Caledonia for the love of Christ's name and well did his afterlife prove the truth of this statement. He had attained his 44th year when King Connell, his kinsman, bestowed Iona upon him and his brethren. The island situated between the Dalriadans and the pits of the highlands was conveniently placed for missionary work. A numerous community recruited from Ireland, with Columseal as its abbot, soon caused Iona to become a flourishing centre from which men could go forth to preach Christianity. Monasteries and hermitages rapidly sprang up in the adjacent islands and on the mainland. These, together with the Columban foundations in Ireland, formed one great religious federation in which the Celtic Apostles of the Northern races were formed under the influence of the Holy Founder. St Columcille recognised the need of securing permanence for his work by obtaining the conversion of the Pictish rulers, and thus he did not hesitate to approach King Brood in his castle on the banks of the River Ness. St Congal and St. Canis were Columcille's companions on his journey through the Great Glen, now famous for the Caledonian Canal. The royal convert, Brood, was baptised, and by degrees the people followed the example set them. Opposition, however, was keen and aggressive, and it came from the official representatives of Pictish paganism, the Druids success too attended seal's ministrations among the Dalriadans, and on the death of their king adan gabran who succeeded to the throne sought regal consecration from the hands of Columcille. in five ninety seven the saint died but not before he had won a whole kingdom to christ and covered the land with churches and monasteries to-day his name is held in honour not by irishmen alone but by the Catholics and non-Catholics of the land of his adoption. There are other saints who either laboured in person with seal or perpetrated the work he accomplished in Caledonia, and their names add to the glory of Ireland, their birthland. Thus St. Moloig, 592, converted the people of Lismore and afterwards died at Rosemarkey. St. Drustan, St. Colum Cille's friend and disciple established the faith in Aberdeenshire and became abbot of Deer. St Kieran 548 evangelized Kintyre. St Munn 635 laboured in Argyleshire. St Buitt, 521 did the same in Pictland. St Malruber 722 preached in Rossshire. St Modan and st macar benefited the dwellers on the western and eastern coasts respectively and st fergus in the eighth century became apostle to Forfar, buchan and Caithness. distant islands but irish monks were mariners as well as apostles their hide-covered currucks were often launched in the hope of discovering solitudes in the ocean adamnan records that baitan set out with others in search of a desert in the sea. St. Cormac sought a similar retreat and arrived at the Orkneys. St. Molaise's Holy Isle guards Lamlash Bay off Arran. The island retreats of the Bass, Inchkeith, May and Inchcolm in the Firth of Forth are associated with the Irish Saints Baldred, Adamnan, Adrian and Columseal st macaldus a native of down became bishop of the isle of man remarkable too is the fact that irish monks sailed by way of the faroe islands to distant iceland these sailor clerics who settled on the southeast of the island were spoken of by later norwegians as papar after their departure they were probably driven away by norwegian pagans These Icelandic apostles left behind them Irish books, bells and croziers, wherefrom one could understand they were Irishmen. But St Brendan, the voyager, is the most wonderful of the mariner monks of Ireland. He accomplished apostolic work in both Wales and Scotland, but his seafaring instincts urged him to make missionary voyages to regions hitherto unknown some writers not without reason have actually maintained that he and his followers travelled as far as the american shore be this as it may the tradition of the discoveries of this irish monk kept in mind the possibly existing western land and issued at last in the discovery of the great continent of america by columbus northumbria turn now to northumbria adamnan writes that st columbseil's name was honoured not only in gaul spain and italy but in rome itself england however owes to it a special veneration because of the widespread apostolic work accomplished within her borders by columbseil's irish disciples the facts are as follows northumbrian christianity was well-nigh exterminated through the victory of pender the pagan over edwin the christian a d 633 st paulinus its local roman apostle was driven permanently from his newly founded churches meanwhile oswald and his brother Edwith sought refuge among the irish monks of iona and received baptism at their hands Edwith died and oswald became heir to the throne a battle was fought the day before he met the pagan army between the Tyne and the Solway, Oswald beheld St. Columseil in vision, saying to him, Be strong and of good faith. I will be with thee. The result of this vision of the abbot of Iona was that a considerable part of England received the true faith. Oswald was victorious. He united the kingdoms of Dyra and Bernicia and became overlord of practically all England, with the exception of kent there was an evangelization to be done and st oswald turned to iona in response to his appeal the irish bishop st aidan was sent with several companions they were established on the island of lindisfarne in sight of the royal residence at bamburgh these monks laboured in union with and even seemed to exceed in zeal the Roman missionaries in the south under St Augustine. However great the enthusiasm they had displayed for conversions in Iona, they displayed still greater on the desolate island of Lindisfarne. In the first instance St Aidan and his monks evangelised Northumbria, want of facility in preaching in the Anglo-Saxon tongue was at first an obstacle. But it was speedily overcome. For King Oswald himself, who knew both Gaelic and English, came forward and acted as interpreter. When Saint Aidan died in six fifty one, Iona sent Saint Finnan, another Irish bishop, to succeed him. Finnan spread the faith beyond the borders of Northumbria and succeeded so well that he himself baptized Penda, king of the Mid Angles, and Sigebert, king of the East Saxons. Deuma and Kellac, Irish monks, assisted by three Anglo-Saxon disciples of St. Aidan, consolidated the mission to the Mercians. Anglia While Christianity was thus being restored in Northumbria, other Irish apostles were teaching it in East Anglia. St. Fursey, accompanied by his brother St. Volan and St. Alton and the priests Gobham and Dicuil landed in England in 633 and began to labour in the eastern portions of Anglia. In his monastery at Burgcastle in Suffolk, the convert King Sigebert made his monastic profession and in the same house many heavenly visions were vouchsafed to its founder. The South Saxons had in Dicuil an apostle who founded the monastery of Bosham in Sussex, whence originated the episcopal see of chichester another irish monk named maeldoob settled among the west saxons and became the founder of Malmesbury abbey and the instructor of the well-known st aldam thus did irish monks contribute to the conversion of, of great britain and its many distant islands they built up the faith by their holy lives their preaching and their enthusiasm and wisely provided for its perpetuation by educating a native clergy and by the founding of monastic institutions. They were not yet satisfied, so they turned towards other lands to bring to other peoples the glad tidings of salvation. Gaul, in 590, St Columbanus, a monk of Bangor in Ireland, accompanied by twelve brethren, arrived in France, having passed through Britain. After the example of St. Columcille in Caledonia, they travelled to the court of Gontram, King of Burgundy, in order to secure his help and protection. During the course of the journey, they preached to the people, and all were impressed with their modesty, patience and devotion. At that epoch, Gaul was sadly in need of such missionaries, for, owing partly to the invasion of barbarians, and partly to remissness on the part of the clergy, vice and impiety everywhere prevailed columbanus because of his zeal sanctity and learning was well fitted for the task that lay before him one of his early works in burgundy was the founding of the monastery of luxeuil which became the parent of many other monasteries founded either by himself or by his disciples many holy men came from ireland to join the community and so numerous did the monks of luxeuil become that separate choirs were formed to keep up perpetual praise the laus perennis but columbanus did not remain at luxeuil in his strict uncompromising preaching he spared not even kings and he preferred to leave his flourishing monastery rather than pass over in silence the vices of the merovangians he escaped from the malice of and, being banished from Burgundy, made his way to Neustria, and thence to Metz. Full of zeal, he resolved to preach the faith to the pagans along the Rhine, and with this purpose set out with a few of his followers. They proceeded as far as the Lake of Zurich, and finally established themselves at Brugenz, on the Lake of Constance. By this time his disciple, St. Gaul, had learned the Alemannian dialect, which enabled him to push forward the work of evangelization. But Columbanus felt that he was called to labor in other lands while vigor remained to him, so bidding his favorite follower farewell, he crossed the Alps and arrived at Milan in northern Italy. King Agiluf and his queen Theodolinda gave the Irish abbot a reverent and kind welcome. His zeal was still unspent and he worked much for the conversion of the Lombard Arians. Here he founded, between Milan and Genoa, the monastery of Bobbio, which, as a centre of knowledge and piety, was long the light of northern Italy. In this monastery he died in the year 615, but not before the arrival of messengers from King Clothair, inviting him to return to Luxon, as his enemies were now no more. But he could not go, All he asked was protection for his dear monks at Luxeuil. It has been said, most truly, that Ireland never sent a greater son to do God's work in foreign lands than Columbanus. The fruit of his labours remained, and for centuries after his death, his influence was widely felt throughout Europe, especially in France and Italy. His zeal for the interests of God was unbounded, and this was the secret of his immense power some of his writings have come down to us and comprise his rule for monks his penitential sixteen short sermons six letters and several poems all in latin his letters are of much value as evidence of ireland's ancient belief in papal supremacy switzerland Gaul, columbinus's disciple remained in switzerland in a fertile valley lying between two rivers and surrounded by hills he laid the beginning of the great abbey which afterwards bore his name and became one of the most famous monasteries in Christendom. St. Gaul spent 30 years of his life in Helvetia, occupying himself in teaching, preaching and prayer. He succeeded where others had failed and that which was denied to Columbanus was reserved for Gaul, his disciple, and the latter is entitled the Apostle of Alemania. Other districts had their Irish missionaries and apostles. Not far from St. Gaul, at Seckingen, near Basel, St. Fridolin, was a pioneer in the work of evangelization. Towards the close of the 7th century, St. Killian, an Irishman with his companions Tottenham and Colman, arrived in Franconia. He was martyred at Würzburg, where he is honored as patron and apostle. Sigisbert, another Irish follower of St Columbanus, spread the faith among the half-pagan people of Eastern Helvetia and founded the monastery of Dicentis in Raetia. St Ursan, a little town on the boundaries of Switzerland, took its origin from another disciple of St Columbanus. Other Apostles and Founders Desire for solitary life drew St. Fiacre to a hermitage near Meaux, where he transformed wooded glades into gardens to provide vegetables for poor people. This charity has earned for Fiacre the title of patron saint of gardeners. St. Fersi, the illustrious Apostle of East Anglia, crossed over to France, where he travelled and preached continuously. He built a monastery at Lany-sur-Marne, and was about to return to East Anglia when he died at Meserol, near Doulon. St. Gobham followed his master's example, and like him evangelised and founded monasteries. St. Eto, Zé, acted in like manner. St. Foylan and St. Alton, brothers of St. Percy, became apostles in southern Brabant. The monastery of Onau, on an island near Strasbourg, and that of Altemunster, in Bavaria, owe their foundation to the Irish monks Tuban and Alto, respectively. Not far from Luxor was the Abbey of Lure, another great Irish foundation, due to Dei Colus, de Schuil, a brother of St. Gall and a disciple of St. Columbanus. So important was this house considered in later times that its abbot was numbered among the princes of the Holy Roman Empire. Rouen, in Normandy, felt the influence of the Irish monks through the instrumentality of St. Rouen, and the monasteries of Jouard, Roubaix, Jumiege, Le Conard, and St. Vondrille were due at least indirectly to Columbanus or his disciples. Turning to Belgium, it is recorded that St. Romuald preached the faith in Mechlin, and St. Livinus in Ghent, both came from Ireland. St. Virgilius, a voluntary exile from Erin for the love of Christ, established his monastery at Salzburg in Austria. He became bishop there and died in 781. Moreover, the Celtic rule of Columbanus was carried into Picardy by St. Valery, St. Omer, St. Burton, St. Momelin, and St. Valdolanus, but the Irish Cadoc and Frico had already preceded them. Their work resulting in the foundation of the Abbey of St. Requie. Italy. Something yet remains to be said of the monks of Ireland in Italy. Anterior to St. Columbanus's migration, his fellow countryman, St. Frigidian or Fridian, had taken up his abode in Italy at Monte Pisana, not far from the city of Lucca, where he became famed for sanctity and wisdom. On the death of the Bishop of Lucca, Frigidian was compelled to occupy the vacant see. St. Gregory the Great wrote of him that he was a man of rare virtue. His teachings and holy life not only influenced the lives of his own flock, but brought to the faith many heretics and pagans. In Lucca, this Celtic apostle is still honoured under the name of St. Frediano, st pellegrinus is another irish saint who sought solitude at garfanana in the apennines and cathaldus a waterford saint in six eighty became bishop of taranto which he governed for many years with zeal and great wisdom his co-worker was donatus his brother who founded the church at lecce in the kingdom of naples of the two learned irishmen clemens and albinus who resided in France in the eighth century, Albinus was sent into Italy, where at Pavia he was placed at the head of the school attached to Saint Augustine's monastery. Dungal, his compatriot, was a famous teacher in the same city. Lothair thus ordained concerning him: We desire that at Pavia and under the superintendence of Dungal, all students should assemble from Milan, Brescia, Lodi. Bergamo, Novara, Vercelli, Tortona, Aqui, Genoa, Asti, Como. It was this same Dangol who presented the Bangor Psalter to Bobbio. Therefore it may be reasonably conjectured that he came from the very monastery that produced Columbanus, Gaul and Comgall. Fiesole in Tuscany venerates two Irish 8th century saints, Donatus and Andrew, The former was educated at Iniscaltra, and Andrew was his friend and disciple. After visiting Rome, they lingered at Faisal. Donatus was received with great honour by clergy and people, and was requested to fill their vacant bishopric. With much hesitation, he took upon himself the burden which he bore for many years. His biographer says of him that he was liberal in almsgiving, sedulous in watching, devout in prayer, excellent in doctrine, ready in speech, holy in life. Andrew, who was his deacon, founded the church and monastery of St. Martin in Mensola and is known in Faisol as St. Andrew of Ireland or St. Andrew the Scot, that is, the Irishman. Hospitalia Thus, Irish monks were to be found in France, Belgium, Switzerland, Germany and Italy, and even in Bulgaria. So numerous were they, and so frequent their travels through the different countries of Europe, that hospices were founded to befriend them. These institutions were known as Hospitalia scotorum, hospices for the Irish, and their benefactors were not only pious laymen, but the highest ecclesiastical authorities. Sometimes the hospices were diverted to purposes other than those originally intended, and then church councils would intervene in favour of the lawful inheritors. Thus, in 845, we read that the Council of Mole ordered the hospices of France to be restored to the dispossessed Irishmen. In the 12th century, Ireland still continued to send forth a constant succession of monk pilgrims, renowned for faith, austerity, and piety. Ratisbon. Special monasteries were erected to be peopled by the Irish. The most renowned of these dates from 1067, when Marianus Scotus, Marianus the Irishman, with his companions John and Candidus, left his native land and arrived in Bavaria. These holy men were welcomed at Ratisbon by the Bishop Otto, and on the advice of Murcharat, An Irish recluse took up their residence near St Peter's Church at the outskirts of the city. Novices flocked from Ireland to join them and a monastery was erected to receive the community. In a short time this had to be replaced by a still larger one which was known to future ages as the Abbey of St James's of the Scots, that is Irish, at Ratisbon. How prolific was this parent foundation is evidenced from its many offshoots the only surviving monasteries on the continent for many centuries intended for Irish brethren. These, besides St. James's at Erfurt and St. Peter's at Ratisbon, comprised St. James's at Würzburg, St. Giles's at Nuremberg, St. Mary's at Vienna, St. James's at Constance, St. Nicholas's at Memmingen, Holy Cross at Eichstadt, a priory at Kelheim, and another at Oiles in Silesia, all of which were founded during the 12th or 13th century and formed a Benedictine congregation approved of by Pope Innocent III and presided over by the abbot of Ratisbon. These Irish houses with their long lines of Celtic abbots in the days of their prosperity did much work that was excellent and civilising and rightly deserve a remembrance in the achievements of Ireland's ancient missionaries. Ratisbon and its dependent abbeys, as is set forth in the papal briefs of twelve eighteen, possessed priories in Ireland, and from these novices were usually obtained. But evil days came for the congregation of St. James, and now it is extinct. The subjugation of Ireland to England, says Wattenbach, contributed no doubt to the rapid decline of the Stotic, that is, Irish, monasteries for from Ireland they had up till then been continually receiving fresh supplies of strength. In this their fatherland, the root of their vitality, was to be found. Loss of independence involved loss of enterprise. Scholarship and influence Irish monks were not only apostles of souls, but also masters of intellectual life. Thus, in the 7th century, the Celtic monastery of Luxeuil became the most celebrated school in christendom monks from other houses and sons of the nobility crowded to it the latter were clearly not intended for the cloister but destined for callings in the world there were outstanding men among these missionaries from ireland st virgilius of salzburg in the eighth century taught the sphericity of the earth and the existence of the antipodes It was the same teaching that Copernicus and later astronomers formulated into the system now in vogue. Saint Columcille himself was a composer of Latin hymns, and a penman of no mean order, as the Book of Kells, if written by him, sufficiently proves. In all the monasteries which he founded, provision was made for the pursuit of sacred learning and the multiplication of books by transcription the students of his schools were taught classics mechanical arts law history and physics they improved the methods of husbandry and gardening supplied the people whom they helped to civilise with implements of labour and taught them the use of the forge an accomplishment belonging to almost every irish monk the writings of adamnan who spent most of his life outside his native land show that he was familiar with the best Latin authors and had a knowledge of Greek as well. His Vita es Columbae, Life of St. Columcille, has made his name immortal as a Latin writer. His book De Locis Sanctis, On the Holy Places, contains information he received from the pilgrim bishop Arculphus, who had been driven by a tempest to take refuge with the monks of Iona. On account of the importance of the writings of Adamnan and because of his influence in secular and ecclesiastical affairs of importance, few will question his right to a distinguished place among the saintly scholars of the West. Irish monks abroad as well as at home were pre-eminently students and exponents of Holy Scripture. Sedulius wrote a commentary on the epistles of St. Paul. John Scotus Erigena, composed a work de predestinationi concerning predestination dungol was not only an astronomer but also an excellent theologian as is clear from his defence of catholic teaching on the invocation of saints and the veneration of their relics his knowledge of sacred scripture and of the fathers is exceedingly remarkable St. Columbanus, besides other works, is said to have composed an exposition of the Psalms, which is mentioned in the catalogue of St. Gall's library, but which cannot now be identified with certainty. The writings of this abbot are said to have brought about a more frequent use of confession, both in the world and in monasteries, and his legislation regarding the Blessed Sacrament fostered Eucharistic devotion. Marianus Scotus is the author of a commentary on the Psalms, so precious that rarely was it allowed to pass beyond the walls of the monastic library. His commentary on St. Paul's epistles is regarded as his most famous production. Herein he shows acquaintance with Saints Jerome, Augustine, Gregory and Leo, with Cassiodorus, Oregon, Alcuin, Cassian and Peter the deacon, He completed the work on the 17th of May 1079 and ends the volume by asking the reader to pray for the salvation of his soul. Transcription In all the monasteries a vast number of scribes were continually employed in multiplying copies of the sacred scriptures. These masterpieces of calligraphy written by Irish hands have been scattered throughout the libraries of Europe and many fragments remain to the present day. The beauty of these manuscripts is praised by all, and the names of the best transcribers often find mention in monastic annals. The work was irksome, but it was looked upon as a privilege and meritorious. It remains to speak of that glorious monument of the Irish monks, the Abbey of St. Gaul in Switzerland. It was here that Celtic influence was most felt and endured the longest. Within its walls for centuries, the sacred sciences were taught and classic authors studied. Many of its monks excelled as musicians and poets, while others were noted for their skill in calligraphy and the fine arts. The library was only in its infancy in the 8th century, but gradually it grew and eventually became one of the largest and richest in the world. The brethren were in correspondence with all the learned houses of france and italy and there was constant mutual interchange of books sacred and scientific between them they manufactured their own parchment from the hides of the wild beasts that roamed in the forests around them and bound their books in boards of wood clamped with iron or ivory such was the monastery of st which owes its inception to the journey through europe of the great columbanus and his monk companions men whose lives according to bede procured for the religious habit great veneration so that wherever they appeared they were received with joy as god's own servants and what will be the reward asked the biographer of marianus scotus of these pilgrim monks who left the sweet soil of their native land its mountains and hills its valleys and its groves its rivers and pure fountains and went like the children of abraham without hesitation into the land which god had pointed out to them he answers thus they will dwell in the house of the lord with the angels and archangels of god for ever they will behold the god of gods in sion to whom be honour and glory for ever and ever references Lanigan. Ecclesiastical History of Ireland, Dublin, 1829. Montalembert, Monks of the West, Edinburgh, 1861. Moran, Irish Saints in Great Britain, Dublin, 1903. Dalgerns, Apostles of Europe, London, 1876. Healy, Ireland's Ancient Schools and Scholars, Dublin, 1890. Barrett A Calendar of Scottish Saints Fort Augustus nineteen oh four Stokes six months in the Apennines London eighteen ninety two three months in the Forest of France London eighteen ninety five Fowler Vita S Columbi Oxford eighteen ninety four Wattenbach Articles in Ulster Journal of Archaeology, Volume Seven, Belfast, eighteen fifty nine. Google, Les Retiante Celtique, Paris, nineteen eleven. Hogan, Articles in Irish Ecclesiastical Record, eighteen ninety four, eighteen ninety five. Drain, Christian Schools and Scholars, London. Eighteen eighty one. End of section three.